0: You're listening to the Biz Women Rock podcast and this is a special series all about podcasting for your business.
1: For me to be able to speak and educate people on an on-demand show when and when they want to listen anywhere in the United States or the world I was like that's the biggest aha moment.
0: What's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock Podcast. I'm Katie Kremitzos, your host. And this podcast is here for you to access easily digestible information that can have immediate results in your business. It is part of the entire Biz Women Rock community. If you want to be part of the Biz Women Rock community, which is the home for women all over the world in all sorts of different industries who come together to help one another grow and get access to resources that can help your business grow... Then all you have to do is go to bizwomenrock.com, go opt in and you will be given a personal invitation from me to join our private Facebook group. I am absolutely thrilled that you are here joining me for the podcasting for your business series. I created this series specifically because A, as you may have heard about in the kickoff episode of the series, episode 277, you heard the entire story of Biz Women Rock and ultimately my entire business, this incredible global community of women who I am privileged to serve, who I get to practice living in my purpose every single day through this business started because of the podcast. So personally, I have a little bit of an attachment (laughs) and a love of podcasting. Also, and just as importantly, I have so many women and men who continue to ask me questions about podcasting and want to be introduced to resources that can help them, stories that can help them see the insides of what this podcasting world is all about, and more importantly, what is possible here. There are nine episodes that are a part of this series, plus what amounts to an audio directory of podcasting resources. Resources. I reached out to service providers, people who provide products and services for podcasters, and put them all together in a resource guide for you. So that is available to you as well. Two quick mentions before we get into today's episode. Number one, I want to thank our sponsor, Emerald City Productions, without whom I could not have possibly produced this series. If you want to put your attention on what you love to do rather than the post production of your podcast, go to emeraldcitypro.com forward slash bizwomenrock. And the major, major point to make here is that if you are listening to this, that means you are either interested in podcasting and how it can work for your business and your brain is starting to think about that, or you currently are a podcaster and you just want to know how to do it better and have a deeper impact both on those you serve and your business, which means you need to come to PodFest Multimedia Expo February 23rd through 25th in Orlando, Florida. Go to podfest.us. Two major reasons that this is a must-attend conference. Number one, the education. I promise you, and by the way, I'm saying this because I happen to be married to the gentleman who is the organizer of this entire conference, but I have been able to see the speaker lineup and the topics. And so I know firsthand that the education is literally going to be off the chain. I am starting to feel conflicted on like, oh my gosh, I want to go see this. I want to go see this. So the education that is going to be presented here will knock your socks off and change your podcasting experience forever. I promise you that. The second major reason that you have to attend is for the community. You will hear me talk Over and over again about how amazing the community of podcasters is. And this conference is specifically engineered so that relationships can get started, relationships can dive deeper. You have opportunities to not only speak and connect with your fellow podcaster attendees, but also with the speakers. There's no difference between the speakers and attendees at this conference. And there are events that are engineered so that you can can network purposefully with your fellow attendees. It's going to rock. And guess what? Because you are listening and because you're a part of the Biz Women Rock community, you get a massive deal on a three-day combo ticket. Just go to podfest.us and use your promo code BWR, all lowercase, and you will get your discount. I am so looking forward to seeing you there. All right, let's get into today's show. A podcasting for your business series would not be complete without a how to monetize episode. And I have to be honest with you, I found it really difficult to include everything in this episode. So I'm giving you the best of the best and here's what you can expect. Because this is the question that most podcasters receive most often, What I wanted to do was give you a little bit of an in-depth view as all sorts of different ways to monetize. Most people, when they think of monetization, they think sponsorship. And while sponsorship is amazing and awesome, there's even a lot of creativity within sponsorship, a lot of different ways that a podcast can be sponsored. But outside of sponsorship, there is a lot of different ways that a podcast can be monetized. So here is how this episode is going to work. First, I start with an interview that I do with Diane Daniels of Medicare Nation. So you're going to hear all about her. It's a short interview about her experience monetizing. After that, I have an entire lineup of people who have called in and shared how they monetize. Now, these stories last anywhere from five minutes to 15 minutes each. And I ask you to listen to them because I wanted them to tell the stories about their podcast and how they monetize so that it just makes sense. So it wasn't just a quick like, Here's how I monetize, A, B, and C. Like I wanted you to hear a little bit about the behind the scenes of why they're able to monetize that way and why they've chosen to monetize that way. There is so much wisdom in this one episode and I hope that you take it, it sparks some ideas for you and you go take action on it little bit of warning is that this is obviously a long episode because there are back to back examples of how people monetize. So definitely listen to it when you have the time and or just listen to it on and off as you can. But please, I implore you, listen to the entire episode. There is so much gold in every single one of these experiences. So with that being said, let's get things started with the how to monetize your podcast episode. Diane Daniels is a force of nature. And honestly, I'm so excited that I finally am able to introduce her to you. She's the creator of Medicare Nation, a podcast that focuses on bringing Medicare information, like the intricacies of how Medicare actually works, to a community of listeners, mostly the adult children of seniors who need to know that information in order to choose the best Medicare plans for them. Now, she is incredible, and she's specifically here talking about how she has come to monetize her podcast, and she's got some cool, out-of-the-box ways that she's done it. So, enjoy this conversation with Diane. Diane, what's going on, girl?
1: What you got going on, my <laughs> friend Katie Gramezzo's? <laughs> my girl,
0: my girl with the, uh, with the language. I love it with the accent.
1: You got to um, have an accent. I'm telling you. You got to be different in this world, all right?
0: <laughs> Listen, I am so excited to feature you on this podcasting for your business series. And when I was thinking about who I could have on to really show people a really wide angle of how you can monetize a podcast, which I'm sure, just like me, you get that question a lot. Like, how do you actually make money with this thing? Um, I knew I wanted to talk to you because you've had a really cool evolution in your business of how it's monetized for you or how it's been a part of the monetization and revenue generation in your business. So um, I want to go ahead and just have you start with a brief explanation of what Medicare Nation actually is, who is listening to it and kind of why you started it?
1: Well, I'll tell you, it's a quite an interesting evolution, like you said. Uh, being a Medicare advisor, which is my day job, right? that's my regular job, and I educate uh, senior citizens and their adult children all about Medicare. And to help them decide what's going to be the right type of Medicare plan for them so that that's going to be their health insurance. And I want to make sure they make the right decision. So after I published my book, um, I thought that that was going to be a great way for people to find it all over the United States. Well, I mean, the thing is, people just really aren't searching on Amazon for books on Medicare, okay? It's not really one of the hottest topic books on the New York Times bestsellers list. So... When uh, I was at one of our uh, Tampa Bay business owner meetings that I'm a part of and love so much <laughs> and uh, learned about podcasts because I had no clue. OK, just no clue what that was and I started learning about it. I mean, the idea of for me to be able to speak and educate people on an on demand show when and when they want to listen anywhere In the United States or the world, I was like, that's the biggest aha moment I could have. And that's how Medicare Nation was born. And um, I've been doing it now for a little over a year. And the whole objective is, I mean, it's everything about Medicare. It talks all about what Medicare is, the components. Uh, the benefits involved, the different types of Medicare plans. And then, you know, I have interviews uh, with experts from uh, different national associations, politicians, people from all kinds of groups, doctors, nurses, people in the health field. And I just give the listeners anything I can that's of great value and resource for them so that they can understand Medicare.
0: Love it. So obviously you've done your a good job. And I just want to take a side note. When you launched, I feel like you launched in like 2015, right? No. When was it?
1: It was, it was in, uh, yeah, it was in August of, uh, end of August of 2015.
0: Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. See, I knew. Um, so when you launched, was there anything else out there about Medicare? Was there, was there Medicare information,
1: Medicare podcast information at all? There wasn't any show dedicated to Medicare. There are a lot of financial advisors that like to wear many different hats, and they will talk about Medicare on their show, but they're really not Medicare experts. They should stick to the financial planning. like that's what they are the experts in. So every once in a while, you know, you'll have them talking about that or they'll have someone on their show to talk about Medicare, but there was absolutely not one show um that was dedicated to Medicare. And if really, Uh, i'm still only the only show dedicated uh to medicare in the whole united states you're kidding me no i am the only licensed uh health and life agent that's a medicare advisor that has a medicare show i'm I'm sure it's a very popular. Subject no kidding. For people don't want to talk about. You know, we're talking about niche in here. Talking about okay, talk about owning a niche.
0: Yeah, we're owning a niche. Here. <laughs> okay, so then let me pose a question to you. How have you monetized your podcast? How has this podcast worked for your business?
1: So when you know that you know your crap, okay, you know you know your stuff, right? And. <laughs> I I know Medicare. I really know it really well. And I know that I was like one of the top experts in Medicare. The issue is, that I'm just going to take Florida. There are over 200,000 life and health insurance agents in the state of Florida. Oh, my God. Exactly. Okay, over 200,000 of them. Okay, so I'm like, all right, so... How am I going to stand out so people will know I'm here, I'm here to help you, right? I really know what I'm talking about. I'm really in that top 1%. So writing the book was good. It definitely gave me a lot of exposure or the credibility and, and, you know, making a stand across the nation. But the podcast, by me getting on there and giving the people information that I already know, explaining it to them, answering questions, I really, really let people know i'm the expert i'm your go-to girl about medicare okay so while that was happening i i just told people everything told them what they do you tell them everything you know there's no hiding back there you know i'm not gonna hide them until you call me you know just tell everybody what's going on so what happened was i was asking people i was asking my audience and this is kind of funny because really medicare is for people 65 and older okay but we know as podcasters that there isn't a large audience of people 65 and older. Got it. Okay. <laughs> it's growing, but it's not there. So I had right. to literally change my marketing to the, their adult children, the people that are 40 and above. So that is my target market is the adult children of senior citizens and they really listen. And so I said, listen, you guys, send me emails. If you have questions, okay, and they're about Medicare and if I can answer them, you know, in one, you know, a few short paragraphs on one page, I'll answer them. Okay. And I'll send it to you. But if it's longer than that, you're going to have to call me to consult. I I just can't do it. I can't spend every day of my life answering emails and not getting paid for anything. I mean, I'm trying my best here, you know, to help support the world here about Medicare. And that started happening. People started sending me questions and I would answer them. But then people were being really honest saying she's not going to be able to answer this in one email. And they started emailing me asking if I could consult for them.
0: By the way, sure. as a side note, I love that you gave that specific boundary. <laughs> like it, it was—that's really cool, actually. Like, hey, I can help you this much, and if you want more of my help, if you need deeper, you know, deeper help, like that's how I make a living. And so, you are welcome to hire me for that. That's awesome. So they already well, came to with to. that expectation.
1: My God, I've let people walk all over me for years. I, so I had to finally set boundaries. And, and people have been so respectful about that. I get lots of emails from people with questions. I answer the ones that fit the barrier. And the people that go over it, I'm like, look, this is, you know, too long of an explanation. It's too complicated. If you want me to talk to you, you know, we got to talk. So that's what started happening. And people started contacting me and asking me for consultations. I'd speak with them for 10 minutes uh, to see, it, you know, if it was worth their money. And time, my money and time. And after about a 15-minute call, I would say, yep, let's set up the the time and the consultation and pay me for it. Got it. That's what what started happening. And this year now, uh, being over a year with the podcast, uh, the annual enrollment period for Medicare is from October 15th to December 7th every year. Mm -hmm. And this year is the first year that half of my revenue came from consulting from the podcast, people sending me messages like, yeah, I need to talk to you. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So it boomed. That's a big flipping deal. Oh, it's, it was, it was freaking crazy. I couldn't believe it. And it all came because I started saying, look, if you have questions, go ahead. Send me your questions in an email. But listen, I, I can't answer them all. I, you're going to have to call me. And people start a call.
0: Here's just something I want to point out here on how awesome this is, is that it? there's no massive technical back office that needed to get set up for it. It is literally you having conversations with every individual listener and saying, Hey, I'm here to help you. Send me an email. If I can help you in an email immediately back. Great. If not, you know, here we can have this consulting thing. Like there's no massive, like giant, confusing organizational system that needs to happen behind that. And you can still, you know, basically make up half of your company's earnings in a year doing that?
1: Oh, my God. Easily. I mean, there's no what overhead is involved in that. OK, there was nothing. It was me just talking to my audience like I always do and just saying, look, this is what's going on. It's coming up the annual enrollment period. If you want me to consult me to help you with your parents, yourself, your grandparents, Let's go make the call. And people responded to that, and they did. So that is the start. Of, first of all, I'm shot out above all the 200,000 people in Florida. The licensed agents. Now I'm a Medicare advisor. That's how. That's what I call myself. Yes, I do have a Florida state life and health license as an agent, insurance agent. But I'm not an insurance agent. I'm an educator, and I'm a Medicare advisor first because I love educating people. And that's number one, and that that's how that started. Now, the second part on how I monetize is that I also started uh, doing conferences and being the official uh, podcast, you know, show for the conference. Ooh, sure. do tell, please. Ah, that is a cool yeah, yeah. angle. I mean, come on. So, you know, um, I got all these fantastic guests on my show. They are the presidents and the head of this and that of whatever association on my show. And and I promote their websites and their resources because people need it. And pe- a lot of people don't know. You know, like you're talking about the American Heart Association, you're talking about the American, uh, National Kidney Foundation and the American Diabetes. They don't know what they have to offer. So by speaking to them and talking about the resources, it helps, you know, my listeners because they need those resources as benefits for Medicare. Right. So one of the um, people I interviewed was the National Osteoporosis Foundation. And I check, you know, and look around for conferences and I saw that they were going to be in Miami last year. So I had just maybe a month before that had interviewed one of their uh, key, you know, people on their uh, foundation. And I called and I said, listen, I, I, saw you guys are coming to Miami. You know, wouldn't you love, you loved, you know, the interview I did with you and how we promote the, uh, foundation. Wouldn't you like me to come down and be the official podcast for the foundation? And they dun, were like, dun, dun. wow, that sounds <laughs> great. You know? So, you know, I, that was the first one. So uh, you know, I, all I, I asked them for the booth for the tickets, the hotel, gas, and one meal a day, and the electricity and everything to get it going. Just small stipend, nothing big, just to get it going. And they loved it. I did it, and I interviewed their speakers. I interviewed the people on their board of directors. I interviewed general attendees, and I actually put out the interview snippets of the interviews in two shows, back-to-back shows, and they loved it.
0: That's so, awesome. Yeah, that so now so I, you know, awesome. I continue
1: to do that. That's That's another way. Uh, to monetize. And I don't care what, you know, what podcast you have, if it's a hobby or as long as you really know what you're talking about, I don't care if you make soap. I mean, there, did you know that there was a, a convention for soap makers? <laughs> I bet you there is actually. There is. There absolutely <laughs> is. As a matter of fact, it's in Las Vegas in tw- this year. Okay. That's <laughs> in so I'm serious. So whatever your hobby is or whatever you're you know, really good at, expert at, there's going to be some type of convention conference seminar, something's going to be going on in your area. And all you need to do is contact them and tell them what you can offer. They would love that type of promotion and advertising.
0: Love it. Love that. What a great idea. Yeah. Every single podcaster can do this. Every single podcast. Easily.
2: easily. Oh,
0: <laughs> absolutely love that. Now, what has the podcast done to your book sales. Has that had any impact on the sales of your book?
1: Not really. um, And that's okay. I never wrote the book to be any kind of a bestseller. I wrote it so I could educate people and for the credibility. What it has done for me is I have made many, many, many appearances on radio shows and podcasts. And I've also uh, been asked by different journalists, most notably, Robert Powell. he's a, a big-time journalist for the uh, what is, it? The Wall Street Journal, New York Times and the USA Today, and I've collaborated four articles with him since, wow. yeah, since the book and the podcast. And I am his go-to person for Medicare, which I'm thrilled about. And I've also done articles for uh, grandparents.com. I know that sounds kind of funny, but they have over a million hits on their website every month. And I just did a recent one that should be coming out probably, I think, this week, another one for them. So the exposure and credibility uh, that it brings is tremendous.
0: What do you think is the next phase of the play for you as far as, you know, what this podcast can really do to build out Medicare Nation as a business?
1: Well, as far as, as Medicare needs are concerned, um, I love the direction um, that it's going because I love to speak. Like I told you, I love to educate and I want to you know, be a professional speaker and come out across America and speak to in different forums where there's seniors in the communities and educate them about Medicare and get paid for it. Here in Florida, I educate seniors all the time. I never charge my seniors here in Florida. I spend countless hours and hours and hours uh, speaking at different locations and explaining Medicare to seniors. And I I just, I do not want to charge them. I feel they deserve it. They've spent their whole life paying into it. They just, they have no clue what's going on. And I love, love, love to educate them. But everywhere else across the nation, yeah, I'd like to fly out and come and speak to you for an hour, two hours and get paid for it. That's what I'd like to do at Medicare Nation. I am building out a network, a health and fitness network. Um, as you know, I do have an, another show right now, Weight Loss Nation, and I want to continue to build on the health and fitness part of it. So that's where uh, the future is, you know, in regards to Medicare Nation, is in regards to health and fitness. So that's where I'm growing from there.
0: Love it. Uh, Absolutely love it. Diane, thank you so much for giving us that behind the scenes view of, you know, the whole journey, the whole evolution. And I thank you so much for that kind of insight into especially the conferencing. It's so it's just such a unique play that everyone has access to that you can do quite easily that can immediately put some money in your pocket, especially if you come up with a really great package for that and definitely get you in front of a ton of people right away who need to know you and who you need to know. So um, just really great information here. Diane, thank you so much.
1: Katie, anytime because you rock.
3: This is Kate Stillman with the Yoga Healer Real Life Show at yogahealer.com. My podcast, I have two segments of it. One's the Real Life Show where we talk all about thrive, personal thrive, family thrive, and really the food, the lifestyle, the habits, All based on Ayurvedic philosophy and yoga philosophy in a very modern, practical uh, day and age approach. So that's what the podcast is about on Mondays. On Thursdays, the podcast is the Dharma and Dollars Show. As I've grown yogahealer.com, I've become more successful. I've earned a lot more money. I've developed a team and I've had to deal with productivity issues, like getting more done in real time. I released two newsletters a week, two podcasts a week, a blog post a week. And I manage another blog where we release two other blog posts a week. Uh, And I I have a big team. So that's where I could talk about what was going on. I was getting a lot of questions about how I live my life and how I run my team and how this how to, how to do business, how to be super productive. And I, for a long time, I was like, Ooh, I really want to bring these into the show, but they're not really about wellness. They're not really about yoga and Ayurveda. And then, and then I thought, well, like, but they kind of are, but then there's people that really want a health breakthrough that weren't that interested in how to run a team or productivity. And it was stuff I really wanted to talk about. So I did. That's the Dharma and Dollar Show give you guys some numbers because I know Katie's audience loves numbers so yoga healer last year in 2016 grew 46 percent um, that w- it went from I don't know mid mid 700 figure to uh, 1.2 million. And I do believe the podcast had something to do with that. I, I don't make money by selling ads on my podcast because the space is way too valuable. I don't want to give away those slots because I want those those promotional slots to promote what what we sell. It's a tribe-based business. So anyone that has heard of a, you know, you, you, you want to build a tribe. You want to have a, a fan, you know, fan base of like diehard followers. That's very much my strategy. And I want to do that by being me. So people get to know and like, and trust me, but also like giving real value in real time and then letting people know how they can take the next step. So largely in our promotional slots, what we do is advertise free content right? So it might be a free webinar. It might be a free video training. It might be a free tip sheet. And I'll use lead digits where they can go off their phone, right? And they can text body thrive to number 33444 or something like that. Right. So just text that word and then we'll get right back to you so you can take the next step. And that works really well because then it moves people. If they're already listening on their phone, they can just like "Mm," send me a text. They can get on my list that triggers an email sequence. I use Infusionsoft. For that, so I connect my lead pages with Infusionsoft to handle the text to email sequence. And that, I don't actually have a lot of statistics on that right now. What we do know though is that, and this comes from, we have two sales reps, is that they report podcast listeners are the best people to sell courses to. And the conversion rates for podcast listeners is high. It's usually over 50%. So if they if they take a free training, that's going to end with them applying to have a conversation or actually applying for a course. One of those two is the call to actions at the end of those webinars or free video sequences or even tip sheet onboarding sequences. Is we'll, we'll try to get them to talk to somebody. So what I'm saying here is that if they talk to somebody, their chance of ending up in a course is one out of two. Talk to anyone in sales, and they'll tell you, like, that's a good number. Like, that's a really good number. And so that, in a nutshell, is how I monetize my podcast. How does that impact my bottom line? Well, it's interesting in a number of ways. Like, one way is, like, we simply have less returns. People that have been onboarded through the podcast, and what I mean by that is is they're already they already know, if they're a podcast listener, that when they get in a course, they already know that I will deliver in the way that they want me to deliver. And that just comes, I think, quite a bit through assimilation. Uh, They're already used to me. They're already used to my style. They're already used to the way that I teach. Um, And I'm pretty straightforward with my podcast conversations. I don't call them interviews, but my, my podcast conversations. So they know that I'm a very direct person. So someone who's put off by that is probably not going to end up in a course. They won't even end up a podcast listener, right? I will already have segmented that part of the list like out and they'll have dropped off, which is cool because we all know that having the having the wrong people in the right place also doesn't work. So I use my podcast in many ways as a filter and as a result we have very very few course returns. We have a really high success rate. So people in the courses, by the time they, and my courses are not, they're not inexpensive, right? I would rather deliver a, a I'd rather deliver results and do what it takes to do that. So I'm not trying to, to play the, I'm the cheapest game in town and, you know, see if that helps you out. I play the game of, we do this better than anybody. We know we're going to help you out. Are you ready to be helped? And because of that, I, what I find is that getting people ready to take a course The more ready someone is by the time they're in a course, the more I'm going to help them, right? Because they're ready and the better results they're going to get faster. And then they'll tell their friends, right? That's pretty obvious. If you have an awesome experience, you talk about it. Even if you try not to talk about it, chances are you talk about it. And that's a big way that the podcast affects my bottom line. My podcast listeners end up being the best members in my courses. They get results. They tell their friends about the podcast or some other free training or some other tip sheet or something that I reminded them about on the podcast. And then my list grows and the cycle repeats itself. I hope this has been helpful to someone out there. And if you want to see how this works text 33444, text that number, the word UPLEVEL, U-P-L-E-V-E-L, all caps. And you can see how that works. You'll get on the list, you'll get a bunch of emails that'll tell you about how to uplevel your career. And you can see what it's like to be onboarded, right? To get used to my voice, to get information about the podcast and whatnot. And if it resonates with you, you'll end up being part of the tribe. And you may think of like, ah, this is how tribe-based marketing works. It's all about about really just giving the person the next step of what they want, get them a little bit closer. And when you do that, you can really charge what you want for what you deliver. And that's what I found. That's why I like being the top end of my industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love getting people results in real time. And that's what Yoga Healer is all about, spreading personal and planetary thrive. Thanks so much for listening.
4: Kate Stolman. signing off. I'm Stacy Sims, and my podcast is Diabetes Connections. Diabetes Connections aims to educate and inspire about type 1 diabetes through interviews and conversations with advocates and authors, newsmakers in the diabetes community, technology companies, athletes, and celebrities pushing the limits of type 1, as well as everyday people who, you know, aren't running six marathons or doing an Ironman or dancing on Broadway. They're just trying to live day to day with type one diabetes. My son was diagnosed with type one 10 years ago, just before he turned two. And I'm a former radio and TV local anchor and host. So it really seemed natural to put the two together. And it was an idea I would thought about for a very long time before finally pulling the trigger in 2015. My audience is made up of people in the diabetes community, obviously, but it's a mix of parents and caregivers of people with type one diabetes, adults who have type one themselves. And I have quite a few listeners in the technology aspect of diabetes. A lot of different companies right now make insulin pumps and blood sugar meters. And I, I can see that they're listening as well, but the core audience really is people touch directly In their personal day to day lives by type 1 diabetes. And just real quick, I should explain. Type 1 diabetes used to be called juvenile diabetes because everybody only knew about children having it. This is where your pancreas produces no insulin at all. You must take insulin shots or infuse insulin through a pump to stay alive. But it turns out you can get juvenile diabetes, type 1 diabetes, at any age. In fact, half of all new cases are in adults. So they changed the name. And also, Adult-onset diabetes, type 2, is being found in younger and younger people for a variety of reasons. It's not just diet and exercise. There's a huge genetic component as well. I know that's not what I'm supposed to be talking about too much here, but I can't let this opportunity go by without doing just a little bit of education. And while I do cover type 2, sometimes there is a lot of overlap, certainly, Diabetes Connections focuses on type one. So how do I monetize the podcast? Well, the idea here was that I knew I could not ask my audience. I wasn't going to do Patreon or ask for donations because, listen, when you're touched with a chronic condition like this, you're already spending enough money. And I just didn't think that it was something I could in good conscience ask my audience to do. I wanted to help them. I didn't want them to feel like they needed to help me. I think it's fine for some people in podcasting. But when I look at, you know, putting my listeners first, which is really my whole philosophy of doing this, it just didn't seem to make sense for me. So my goal is to find four sponsors, I think that's going to be my limit, and to offer them different levels of sponsorship through the show. Right now, I have two sponsors. I have a title sponsor, which is Animus OneTouch. They're part of the Johnson & Johnson family. They are the insulin pump makers and OneTouch uh, meters, that sort of thing. And they're my title sponsor. I also have Dexcom, which makes continuous glucose monitors, and they're the secondary sponsor right now. I'm looking for the other two sponsors to be out of the traditional diabetes mold. So I'm approaching companies that really suit my audience, things like um, you know, convenience, convenience products, um, money-saving products, uh, things that really can help people that are very busy and also have this layer of chronic condition on top that makes them even busier. But we'll see how that goes. Depending on the level of sponsorship, a sponsor gets a pre-roll before the show, a 30-second spot within the show, different placement, different prices, um, a logo on my homepage, and a logo on my newsletter. I don't sell any sponsorships currently, that are less than three months because it, with the radio background, and this maybe common sense as well. It's just not enough time to see any results. So it's three months and then there's discounts up to a year of sponsorship, which is what my main sponsor has right now. And they're actually on their second year. So that's fantastic. I'm really excited about that. And I'm starting something new in February. I created D Podcast Week, Diabetes Podcast Week last year, so that all of the podcasters with type 1 diabetes shows, there's about a dozen of us, could get together and help a charity. And that went really well last year, doing the same thing again this year. But I'm offering a spot on my show for businesses that want to contribute to the charity. So they contribute to the charity. I see that they've done that. And then for the month of February, each week, four weeks, I do a spot, a commercial, on my podcast for their business. This was something really new. I'm obviously not making any money out of it. We'll see how it goes. I'll be happy to keep you posted on that. My hope is the charity makes more money. There's more awareness for my show. And maybe some of these people will see results, even though it'll only be a month, and decide that they would like to further sponsor the show. Again, it's an experiment. We'll see what happens. When I started Diabetes Connections, I was also doing um, voice work you know commercial voiceovers and medical instructional videos that sort of thing and i also do health reports for my local radio station where i worked for many many years so it's one part of my business but it doesn't promote other parts of my business if that makes sense i'm not doing the podcast to drive people to the voice work or to the radio show they're they're kind of separate Tent poles in my business. And my business is very small. Um, so, right now, the podcast is about, I would say, half of my bottom line, which I'm very happy with. This is now the time for me, I think, to start building on that. So, I've already done a lot of public speaking. I go to conferences and uh, I am paid to speak about being a mom of a kid with type 1 and about making diabetes connections. That's actually how the show got its name. I do a presentation called Diabetes Connections about finding your community in real life, not just online, where it's also very helpful. But this year, um, I'm really trying to turn up the speaking engagements and I'm working on another project, a book project along with the podcast, and so maybe next year I'll be able to tell you about the differences in the bottom line in terms of the podcast and the book project and the speaking. Thanks so much for this opportunity. Again, I'm Stacy Sims. You can find Diabetes Connections at diabetes-connections.com, on all of the podcast platforms, and on social media, Facebook, Twitter, you know the drill. Thanks again.
2: Hello. My name is Graeme Duke, and together with my co-host, Ali Hood, I present the Rex Factor podcast. Rex Factor is a history podcast where we review all the kings and queens of England and now in our second series, Scotland. In each episode, we take one monarch and then we look at their life and reign and then review them on a number of different subjects. For example, how good they are in battle, whether they create lots of scandal and notoriety and how good they are at actually ruling and being just and cultured. So whether it be Henry V invading France, Charles II with all his mistresses, or Alfred the Great saving the kingdom from the Vikings, there's something for each monarch potentially to do well in. Then at the end, we decide whether or not that monarch has got that certain something, that star quality, which we call the Rex Factor. It's a light-hearted podcast and unscripted, but it's also well-researched. So I provide uh, the research and all of the facts. Then Ali is effectively the voice of the audience. So he asks the questions that people at home might be thinking and then chips in with some funny observations as well. We have listeners from all over the world. Um, It's I think probably most popular in terms of numbers in America, but obviously being a British podcast uh, is also very popular here as well. Uh, but I think really anyway, if people speak uh, English and it's got uh, an appeal to anyone that's got an interest in history and particularly I think in biographical history and the kings and queens that people may remember. Initially, we were quite reticent about the idea of monetizing the podcast. Podcasts are something that maybe most people would associate as being something you get for free. So the idea of asking for money didn't seem quite right. However, it was probably our listeners that really actually pushed us towards uh, doing this because quite a number of people asked whether there was a way that they could donate. So initially, we started off small and uh, just put up PayPal donate buttons on our website. So this meant that people could make a one-off donation quite easily uh, at a time of their choosing. However, we then decided to take this a step further by getting involved with crowdfunding. And uh, we use... uh, podbean who are the people that host our podcast and they've also got a crowdfunding program and basically this means that people can donate to you um, on a monthly basis um, if they want to support the podcast and it's set up in such a way that depending on the level at which they donate they get a reward back from us so for one dollar a month people get a mention on the podcast $2, they get to have a comment read out on the podcast. At $5 a month, they get free access to our special episodes, which usually we would be selling for $2. Then at $10 a month, they get an exclusive mug, which nobody else can buy. $15 a month, you get to commission a blog on the subject of your choice. And finally, at $25 a month, you get all of the above, a t-shirt, and you get to commission one of those special episodes on the subject of your choice. Um, We weren't sure how popular this would be initially, but actually we've been amazed at just how big the take-up has been. And we've actually recently had to up our prices a little bit because we've become so inundated with requests for special episodes that we've actually got something of a backlog. And I think that reflects that if people really like your podcast, if they're really engaged in you and what you're doing, then they want to actually help you and support you and to make a contribution if they're able to. Um, I think also it's helped that we've had these special episodes which are longer than our normal ones and uh, we sell them for two dollars at a time and these will be an in-depth look at different subjects. So our first one was on the Battle of Waterloo, uh, the second one was on this incredible medieval knight called William the Marshal and we've got one coming up shortly about the Victorian engineer Isambard Kingdom Brunel. So they're quite A wide variety of subjects and I think people have listened to those and either thought that they want to get free access to those without having to pay each time or that they want to go to the highest level and actually pay for their own subject to uh, get the Rex Factor treatment. I think it also probably helps that this is something which we mention at the end of every podcast so that we remind people that it's there and that's an option, so we've had a few people that have actually said that it's almost like the constant reminders that this is there that ultimately leads them to do it. so I think you need to not be too embarrassed about reminding people that it's there so that they will take up um, It won't necessarily be that everybody does it from day one, but actually the longer that you leave it, the more that it will gradually grow. Probably the most important thing for us, other than knowing how much people obviously value the podcast and giving us a real impetus to keep going and to do more things with it, It's also enabled us to buy new microphones and sound equipment. So we've been able to improve the quality of the podcast, which was something in terms of sound quality that we got a lot of comments from, particularly for our early episodes. We're also now able to start thinking about potentially new projects, maybe things involving video podcasts or blogs and stuff like this, things which otherwise we never have been able to really think about doing. But now that we've got much more money coming in, we're starting to think about how we can expand the podcast and do a lot more with it. Uh, we 're not quite yet at the stage where we are able to do the podcast full time, but it does make you realize that actually if you do have an engaged audience and if you do keep that going, if you cultivate that and if you put out you know new episodes and new features that people really enjoy, if you give them the opportunity to help you and if you 're giving something back to them as well, then actually the podcast can really develop you can do more with it, and you can make money from it <coughs>
5: I am Jessica Rhodes, and I host a couple different podcasts, but the one I want to tell you about today is the Podcast Producers, which is co-hosted with Corey Coates, who's the co-founder of Podfly. Um, this show is for people who host Podcast people that are full-time podcast producers or podcasters that are very serious about their show. So we talk about the art and business of podcasting. We're in our, it's a seasonal show. So basically every year we do a season and it usually comes out in the spring. Uh, the first year was a 10 episode audio series about the art and business of podcasting. We talked about who listens to podcasts, podcast networks, podcast advertising. So pretty much any frequently asked question about podcasting is addressed in depth with about 28 different guests um, in season one. Uh, So season three, uh, which is uh, this year, 2017, we're focusing on listeners and actually talking with real podcast listeners, talking to people on the streets and asking them about their podcast listening habits, what they like about podcasts, how much they review podcasts. So it's going to be really, really interesting. And we have monetized that podcast. In season two, we monetized with podcast movement, podcast, movement was our sponsor. And I'm not going to say at all how much each of these sponsors paid us because that's remaining confidential information. Um, but I will say that it, it covered our hard expenses, not including time. It basically covered the hard expenses that we had. And so in season three, we had a much bigger goal of um, for sponsorships. We have so far gotten two sponsors for season three. Shore Microphones sponsored us with equipment. So they actually didn't pay us money, but they paid us in goods. So I'm recording on an MV51 microphone that was given to us. Um, Corey and I each got a couple of those. Um, We got basically like five pieces of equipment, like four microphones and headphones. So that's really great. And then we also are sponsored by Podbean. Um, And I won't say how much, but it's a lot more than What we were sponsored with last season. So the podcast producers is because it's co-hosted with another business owner in the podcasting industry. This is really a show that, I mean, not only gives back to the podcasting community because we're providing really great information. Um, giving this season, particularly giving cutting-edge details on how podcasters can improve their show, because we're actually talking to listeners, not other podcast producers. And it really builds up our brand and establishes us as as leading authorities in our niche. Um, and also helps us do something that we love and now get paid for it, which is really awesome. So I encourage you and I would love for you to listen to The Podcast Producers. You can find it at thepodcastproducers.com and share it with a friend. Thanks, Katie. And thanks, Biz Rock. <laughs> Hello, Katie,
6: and all of your listeners. My name is Amy Whitney, and I'm from realenglishconversations.com. Our website actually has two different podcasts. We have the first one, which was the Real English Conversations podcast, and also the English Phrasal Verb podcast. Um, Our podcast actually just at the beginning of January here has hit 1 million downloads with the two of them combined, so we're really excited about that and we know we're reaching a lot of people. Uh, So our shows are completely different. We have one where we have conversations about everyday topics and we have another one that focuses on a shorter lesson that's about two minutes long and it gives uh, help and examples for our English learners to be able to learn to use this piece of English grammar. Um, I would say that our... Target audience, or the people that are listening to our podcast, anyway, are English learners that have an intermediate to advanced level already in the language, and they're looking to be able to understand American English better. They learn about English in classroom education, but they don't really learn how to use English. So when they're listening to people speak, we're using different words, everything is kind of stuck together, and it's really, really difficult for, for learners, English learners, to understand us. So this is great because this type of audience is what I want to come to our website and buy the courses that we have to help them with these problems. And that's how I've really monetized on my podcast. I don't sell my podcasts as premium audio, I really look at our podcasts as a way of driving traffic to our site. And it's one of the many ways that we have in place. Uh, We have social media channels, we have uh, SEO on our website, podcasting, email marketing, all sorts of things in place. But I would say that one of the most important aspects that maybe some of the new marketers and some of the people listening to this podcast looking for tips and advice to really get their podcast going and how to make money on it is I think that you need to see it as one part of a big marketing perspective. And you need to make sure that on your website, when people do come to your website, you have a way of capturing those leads, getting their email address, and being able to reach out to them again and again and again. Tell them about your latest episode. Don't depend on the feed notification on alerting your customers that you have new podcasts available. You want to reach out to them if you can, directly with email marketing. That's really, really important. Now, people don't just come to your website because you have a great podcast. A lot of times you have to give them some sort of incentive to want to come to your website and... You know, for me in my case, I have a little package that I usually promote that says they can get access to a couple of free conversation lessons with the transcriptions and all of the activities that we have available. And that seems to work fairly well. Uh, For me, I have a fairly comprehensive email marketing and automation system. So it actually sends them out relevant lessons to what they want to learn, which is a supplement to our podcast. Um, I also write articles that are related to the the same market, and I am sending out links to those people. And little by little, I am gaining their trust. They're starting to realize that, hey, this Amy chick, she kind of knows how to teach English, and I like her style. And they're coming to the website to get more help from us. And taking that step is one step closer to actually selling them a course and monetizing on my podcast. So that's sort of how I look at podcasting. I think that it's a really inexpensive way to get a lot of traffic. Uh, One more tip that I'll leave you with that I hear people struggling with all the time is making sure that your podcast is optimized for keywords. Don't do it in an unnatural way, but you've got to make sure that you have keywords in your title, the um, subtitle description, and also in your author tag. Uh, I learned a little bit about this and how important it was from the podcasting series from Pat Flynn. He's from Smart Passive Income. He has a very, very successful podcast. And his tips, I mean, his tutorial is a little bit outdated now, but all of the basics of what you need to know about audio quality and having your podcast found in iTunes are there. Pay special attention to his advice if you're just launching your podcast about being featured in the new and noteworthy section of the iTunes podcast because that can be an incredible launch for your podcast. Um, for us, we were able to get both of our podcast features Featured in those areas to have extra exposure within the first three months of our launch. And it was bringing in up to 5,000 downloads a day for each of our podcasts when we launched them for an extended period of time of probably um, a month and a half. I'm sure we still have some of those subscribers today. So anyway, I hope that that advice was helpful for you and you can... Start applying some of those techniques and making some money off of your podcast. Hi, my name is
7: Kristen Baker. I'm a sales coach for service based entrepreneurs. I help them uh, convert and attract more ideal clients. Um, and my website is convertidealclients.com. My podcast, um, I used to run a podcast called How Successful Women Found Their Calling. And my podcast was obviously about successful women who found their calling. It was an interview series of um, successful women, primarily business owners, who had discovered their calling and who had been successful at and successful at monetizing it, et cetera. Um, and so, the people who were listening to it were business owners, um, but also people who were trying to discover their calling. So it was kind of twofold: it was people who were trying to discover their calling. Um, People who are trying to monetize their calling, monetize their passion, and then people who are also growing their businesses, people who wanted to kind of already knew what their passion was, how to monetize it, but how do I be more successful? How do I grow my business even bigger? And so that's the community of people that I have. Let me back up a little bit. So, And kind of understanding the role I see my podcast in. So one of the main things that I teach people how to do is I help them marry their zone of genius with a lucrative niche. And then once you've married your zone of genius with a lucrative niche, you start to build a community around that lucrative niche. And so for me, my podcast was simply a function of that. Um, It was one way that I could start to show up as the expert, be seen as a trusted advisor in my community, because what what I teach is that once you have this community around this lucrative niche, you um, you start to show up as an expert. You start to show up as a trusted advisor so that when you make them an offer, when you sell them into something else, they already see you as the expert. They already trust you. And so for me, that was the function of my podcast. So how I monetize it um, was um, and is um, primarily through one-on-one coaching. That's one of my offerings, which ranges from, Um, you know, um, let's see, it ranges from, um, like $1,100 to $30,000. I have quite a range of, uh, options, um, when it comes to private coaching in terms of just the level of intimacy that you get with me, you know, the level of one-on-one connection that you get with me. Um, so the prices are very broad. Um, and, and what I teach my private clients is I have three, I have three main programs that I do. I do, um monetize your passion for people who don't know yet what they want to sell. Um, I do, you know, getting your very first clients, which is a program that I teach. Um, and then I do consistent flow of cash and clients reaching the consistent five to ten thousand dollar a month mark, growing your business to five to ten thousand dollar a month mark. Um, and so you know those three categories, how I monetize it is I have one-on-one coaching. Um, I have um I have um, group programs around those three areas. Um, and then I also have self-studies around those three areas. Um, every once in a while I also can monetize through an in-person event, an in-person workshop. I've done those. I don't have any coming up um, now, but I did do in-person workshops in the past. Both um, well, kind of like entry level as well as higher end, smaller groups, higher price points. That's another way that I monetize. Um, I also monetize through VIP days. Again, you know, I have a client come in and in one day, um, they can really get some clarity on the, you know, the overlap between their lucrative niche and um, their zone of genius and productize it and, you know, put it into a package and create a marketing plan. Um, so that's something that I do in a VIP day with clients, a so one-on-one. Now those um, are at about $3,000 currently, you know, whenever, I don't know when you're listening to this podcast, but as of, you know, right now, those are about $3,000 um, to do that. So that's another way that I monetize. Um, I think that's pretty much it, you know, from, you know, self studies, I have everything that's from $47 all the way up to $30,000. So I have a lot of different options for people kind of depending on where they're coming in to get that next step, to get that next level of support, again, from virtual training to, um, to the highest level of, you know, intimacy at one-on-one coaching with me, having my eyes on their, um, their business and on their product and figuring out that product. So, Those are all the different ways that I monetize. And, you know, the way that the podcast has impacted my bottom line, um, you know, I think... I, I try to track everything and I recommend that you try and track things as much as you possibly can because you don't want to waste time on things that aren't working for you and you want to put more effort in and more, in, you know, invest more time, more energy, more money in things that are working for you. So I definitely strongly recommend tracking. Um, but some things are not that easy to track. So while I ask my clients, you know, how did you find out about me? Um, what prompted you to sign up with me? Um, it's been a little bit more difficult to track the podcast uh, impact. That it specifically had, but I'll tell you sort of a little more intangible impact um, has been really um, helping me hone my message and hone my expertise. Um, I really learned a lot through doing it. I learned a lot from interviewing people. Um, I built relationships with those people that I interviewed and I also um, I also it increased my credibility to be you know essentially like sharing the stage quote-unquote with these um, these this level of people um, and so again while I wish I could quantify it more because I I prefer to be able to quantify things that was the impact um, to you know that was the impact that it was that it was seem to be having and that I got out of it, um, though I was not able to directly connect it to my, um, to my bottom line at the time. Um, but again, my fundamental philosophy is that when you are clear on your zone of genius and your lucrative niche, you build a community around that people who have this problem that you solve, or, um, you know, the goal that you help people achieve people who have that and you become their trusted advisor and they see you in all these different ways. And, um, and then it makes it easier for them to say yes to working with you, um, or whatever your monetization method is, right? Like if you're off, if you're selling a product or a service or a, info product or somebody else's product or service or info product, right? You still are showing up as a consultant, as the trusted advisor saying like, hey, I think this would help you. I think this would serve you in meeting that goal. Um, a podcast can definitely be part of that. And I think you just have to test it and tweak it to see if your audience resonates with that medium. You know, are they showing up to that medium? Are they interested in that medium? Um, and sometimes it's not a function of the medium either. You know, it's like, If it's not working, it might not be because it's podcasting. It might be because your lucrative niche is not as, you know, your niche is not as lucrative as it should be. You know, your niche is not as clear as it should be. A a number of other factors. Obviously, podcasting is a, a, it works for people. So that you have to challenge, like, why wouldn't it work for me? Um, But I do really strongly believe in starting with the monetization method in mind. um, First, first and foremost, because you don't want to, Um, you don't want to get out there and, you know, you're building this community and then you realize they don't buy anything from you. Um, or you try and do this monetization strategy, but you're like, it's not really in my zone of genius. Because here's the thing is that no matter the monetization strategy you choose, it's still going to take setup time. Even if it's a passive thing, like you still are going to have to be active in terms of setting it up testing it, tweaking it, and potentially even selling it to people in a one-on-one kind of way or in a very direct kind of way. So whatever it is you decide to do, you want to make sure that you're really passionate about how you're doing it, how you're creating. Is this, you know, allowing me to be in more of my zone of genius or is it taking me away from being in my zone of genius? But there's always a way to monetize that is in your zone of genius. Um, and so if you're worried that there's not, I just really want you to know that there is. <laughs> um, you just have to go through the process to figure out what that is. So um that is, you know, kind of what the, the the function of the podcast in my business and and you know what it the purpose that it served and how I've been ultimately able to monetize it. Um so yeah, thank you so much for having me. And of course, um if you want to check out the my podcast um, or any of the resources that I discussed. You can go to ConvertIdealClients.com um, Right now on my website, I'm uh, hosting a five-day free challenge on how to stop feeling guilty asking for the money because whenever you're monetizing, you have to sell it first, first and foremost. Um, if you're not selling it, sales is the difference between yes and no, the difference between money in your pocket and no money. Um, so stop worrying about vanity metrics. Um, and if monetization is important to you, you, you have to master sales you have to be, you know, comfortable not feeling guilty asking people for the money because if you feel guilty asking for the money, you're going to burn yourself out if you are asking for the money um, or you're just not going to make any money because you're never asking. So um, would love to continue to connect with you all there. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. Bye-bye.